You are listening to 4, Raw, from 4, Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. Okay, Margaret, so as we approach the 29th anniversary of Hillsborough, can you tell us how emotions at this time of year have changed, if at all, since the events of 2016? I don't think emotions have changed, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but I do think uh, people are more uh, pleased by what's happened in the past, these past few years, you know, when we got the correct verdict. We got the truth in 2012 for all the fans and everything. But emotions don't change because, you know, you're still living without your loved one. So every day to me is the same. And people say, how do you feel, you know, the anniversary coming up? Is it emotional or you're upset? No, every day's the same. I can't be any more upset than I had been over the past over losing James. And I'm sure the families will feel the same. But it's nice for the families to get together and be together on that particular day. I think that is important, but also for the fans as well. On Saturday, a day before the anniversary, Liverpool played Bournemouth at Anfield. And amongst other things, there'll be a minute's applause before the game for the second year running. Can you talk to us about the symbolism behind that? It's about celebrating the lives as well of the 96. So, and, you know, it was a decision that I couldn't make. The families had to make that decision. That was their decision. So we did go to all the families. We asked all the families and the vast majority wanted the applause to celebrate the lives of the 96. So I think, and me personally, I feel the same as well. The club are doing, you know, they're doing like a mosaic, which is the number 96 with the two flames on either side. The players will be wearing the black armbands, obviously. But we are having a minute silence on the Sunday, the 15th of April. Everything, everything will be alright It's gonna be alright They'll never hurt you again Salah! Hasn't scored Henderson loves to tee the ball up from here Lovely ball, Mane saved by the goalkeeper Sadio Mane, 1-0 to Liverpool Mohamed Salah, lovely spin Lovren, that's Mane, that's actually a really good ball that Sadio Mane's, if anything, met too well. Van Dijk, he's going to have a dig. Can't pass striker football, Virgil van Dijk, but he couldn't keep it down. Astonishing header from Mohamed Salah. In the blink of an eye, Liverpool score. It's goal number 30 of the Premier League season. And now Mane 
And Liverpool have switched back on now. Henderson goes one way, Firmino goes the other. This could be three for Liverpool. Nathan Aki's in the way, just couldn't quite shift it out from under his feet. Decent ball. Oh, it's a big chance, and Moussa doesn't take it. Super stop by Carriers as well to deny Dan Gosling. Oxlade Chamberlain. Well, it's four or five times now that he's had that dip from 25 yards. Here goes Oxlade Chamberlain again. Firmino. That's the goal that puts the icing on the cake for Liverpool now. Hello and welcome everybody uh, to another show of 4 Raw, the official po- podcast of uh, Fields of Anfield Road. You can find us at uh, www.foresight.com. As always, my name is Adi. I will be your host for the night. And I have a few really interesting guests with me tonight to discuss uh, quite pertinent matters but first of all I want to introduce to you somebody who we've been trying to get on the show for a long 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 time and we finally have her on welcome to the wonderful Maya hi Maya welcome to the show hi Adi thank you so much for having me thank you so much for joining Maya we've been trying to make this happen for the longest time I'm really glad you're on Maya I know it's been a long time (laughs) since I wanted to join and finally glad it's happening today <laughs> we are glad to have you on to uh, make then after Maya we have a few folks making their comebacks respectively one from Thailand uh, a very popular uh, man Mr. Manny hi Manny welcome to the show hi guys glad to be here again glad to have you on it's been a long time with you as well Manny uh, so it's nice to have you back on um Next up, we have uh, our guest from the US, Mr. Kewal Shah, who has been missing in action for a long, long time. But it's been a good time to be missing in action. So, welcome back, Kewal. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I am really glad to be back because I really wanted to discuss about us doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you've been busy watching the games, I'm sure, over the last few months. Yes. We've been absolutely killing it. I, I yeah. have no doubts, man. I have no doubts. Welcome back. Thank All right, you. great. Uh, so, to begin with, uh, just want to, you know, on a very somber note, mention um, that the club celebrates, uh, well, I don't know if celebrates is the right word, but um, yeah, today was the 29th anniversary of the Hillsborough disaster. Uh, we wish all the all the effective people a uh, very warm very warm support from our side. Um, there was a minutes applause held at Anfield uh, last night for the game. Uh, very, very thoughtful of the crowd, very thoughtful of the teams as well to participate wholeheartedly um, and a heart goes out to all the affected as well. Um, but moving on after the Hillsborough disaster, obviously uh, yesterday was a massive disaster for Bournemouth and a massive, massive win for us. 3-0, very comfortable, three points, Three points, three goals and a clean sheet is how Virgil van Dijk put it. Is there anything to disagree, Manny? Like, is, is, is it, it's as simple as what van Dijk said, right? Yeah. Uh, very important for us to be getting another clean sheet. I think uh, we can all see now how important is the van Dijk signing. 75 million, perfect signing for us. 
Yeah. Um. You know, uh, some of the stats from last night, and I, generally, I'm not the biggest fan of stats, but stats from last night really don't lie. He had 60% possession, 20 shots, and seven on target. Maya, like, does this seem like it misrepresents the game, even though it's so heavily in favor of Liverpool? Uh, not really, because uh, we appear to be dominating the game all through, right until the end where Bournemouth had a couple of chances. But for the most part, we looked like we were on song for the most part of the game. It was almost like trying to score the perfect goal, if not anything else. <laughs> we really were on song. <laughs> Trying to score the perfect goal. Just but aren't you glad we didn't like, you know, like do an arsenal by trying to score the perfect goal and like end oh, yeah. up shooting ourselves? Absolutely glad we didn't do that. Initially, obviously, I was a little skeptical given the number of chances we missed, especially Mo missed, which is not uh, usual considering his form. He it missed. was, it wasn't yeah. usual. Yeah. It was a little surprising, but uh, given that the finally the goal that he did score was out of the blue and absolutely sensational as usual. So yeah, makes up for everything. Ab- I guess. Ab- absolutely sensational. I I agree. Um, you know, uh, the commentator said something amazing. He said. Mo Salah, here you go. You can score every type of goal there is because yesterday's goal was a beautiful glancing shot over the top of the caper, right? Yeah. Kewal, any, yes. any thoughts on any thoughts on that? And you know, like thoughts on the game, dude. That guy's five feet four inch maybe, and he's scoring header goals. You would expect uh, strikers like six feet, Lukaku or uh, some other. Oh, Harry Kane. Every Harry Kane uh, is supposed to score a goal like that but he uh, really uh, scored really well goal and uh, I believe that I would give more credit to uh, Alexander Arnold it was a pinpoint pass I you cannot expect more than that to us uh, something giving him an edge over Klein uh, in terms of team, team selection as well but Salah I like all the superlative words from a vocabulary or a dictionary, I will use those because it's a superlative season for him and he's scoring every type of goal and it was a really good goal. He is indeed scoring every type of goal, you know, five foot four inch man scoring a glancing header like that. Just really beautiful to behold, right? Um, You know, but uh, something else you mentioned about Trent and how good he was. He had two assists for the night. Uh, Maya, was he your man of the match? Because uh, he certainly was the man of the match for me. I loved him, man. That guy, he's only 19, but he plays out of his skin. Like, he was my man of the match. But was he your man of the match too? Yes, he was my man of the match. He was excellent defensively and absolutely, I mean... Really, really good going forward as well. And uh, like Cable mentioned, this uh, the assist that he provided for Salah's goal was fantastic. But he also tried to, you know, flick on another one for uh, Salah earlier on in the game, which uh, Mo yes. missed. Yes. As in, he drove it straight at the keeper. But uh, Trent had a fantastic game. I think uh, just after the 70th minute or something... Uh, when Bournemouth were on the attack, he actually dropped his shoulders and made a turn and a save. 
to retain possession on the flank and that was just superb to watch a 19 year old actually doing that and uh, you know giving Gareth Southgate a thought uh, a double uh, check you know whether uh, he can actually make the England uh, world cup squad that's a big thing and so, uh, so I just want to be part of the match uh, i just wanted to add a point uh, that just think about this guy was uh criticized a lot before first city game because he had couple of performances which were very bad including a performance against manchester united and he stepped up his game and look at him in last three games i mean he is 9 out of 10 in last three game and i wish he does that uh in the rest of the games yeah i couldn't agree more with keval actually i mean to bounce back with Uh, that kind of uh, ferocity and do all the talking on the pitch especially after uh, the fiasco against united and uh, the slight blip against palace as well and then to come back to this kind of form in a champions league game and ensure that you know you silence all your critics and do so well <laughs> he's been fantastic he has you know uh, just just a show of his mentality is something that he said um, he said he knew that you know he was going to be targeted because of his previous defensive frailties and he said that drove him on to perform better and he's i mean how few 19 year olds do you see you know who actually back up what they say uh, you know with performances on the pitch so ab- absolutely brilliant but i want to go back to something else you said maya uh, yeah. you said Gareth Southgate now you know needs to like take a step back and maybe there's a chance for the young Trent to get into the World Cup squad. Um, thoughts? Uh, you know why do you, why do you think so, Maya? And you know, Keval, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree? Yeah, of course. Uh, who? What? A uh, Kai Walker is an option. I completely agree, yeah. and uh, it should be either Kai Walker or Trent Alexander Arnold but he should be there as a backup uh, or maybe in first team but uh, i don't know Kai Walker is still a really good one he has pace he has that physicality but that game against us uh, proved that he is uh, he can also make mistake and uh, he is not like a god uh, and he is not in a definitive position So, but I would definitely take uh, Trent Alexander Arnold to World Cup. So, it's, you, okay, you would take Trent Alexander Arnold. So, does that mean Klein loses out on his spot in the World Cup? He's been out injured. He's just back. I don't know. I don't know if he slots into the England team straight away. So, are you saying you know Trent in place of Klein? Therefore, because yes. obviously Walker is not going to be displaced. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely yes. Okay. Anybody else share those uh, sentiments? My my personal feeling is that he deserves a World Cup spot. Um, Kyle Walker has shown that he's prone to mistakes, even though he has so much more experience over the young man. Um, you know, Trent seems the kind of kid who can go into a World Cup and like you know stand up to the occasion. So anybody else think you know maybe Trent's going to make it in place of uh, either Walker or Klein? I think. Um... on this one i think we know that sauke may be looking at klein because uh i think he 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 likes to look at the caliber of the players like how he's picking jack wilshere and danny welbeck to the world cup um it shows that 
the performances that people are doing in the Premier League is often overlooked, and he would prefer, you know, the safe option. So we all know that Kyle Walker and and Klein are the safe options. So I'm not sure he he might he might take trend, but uh, to just to experience it. But I don't think he's the second option, not yet for me. Okay. Do you think? But what about Klein's injury, Manny? Do you do you don't do you not think that plays a part? So I that's a good point about him wanting safe options. But isn't Klein a bit rusty because he hasn't played this whole season? Do you think that also factors in into the decision? Yeah, I think I think it will take into his the the account a bit about him hasn't uh, Klein hasn't played for the whole season. But the most important thing, like I said, I think uh, he. Southgate would probably pick the safe option simply because I think whatever happens, Klein would have more experience in dealing with like uh, very very good players. Mm-hmm. And as a second option, I think Klein would still provide better uh, defensive. Um, he would play better defensively than Trent. But you know, obviously, I would love Trent to be on that plane to Russia. But um, yeah, I'm just. I'm just curious. I would love to to see how it goes. Yeah, you know, I I agree. Um, I think uh, unfortunately Southgate's the kind of like safe options guy. I don't I don't see I don't see Trent ha- having a spot in the World Cup squad. But uh, we can always hope there are still uh, seven more games to go before the end of the season, right? So you know we can always hope. Um, but. Since we're already on trend, Maya, I wanted your opinion on this. Uh, yeah. So, so some, I was having a discussion with somebody about you know Trent and his role in the academy, and somebody who follows, follows academy, academy closely. Sorry. 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 I didn't catch your question, Aditya. Yeah, I think uh, I think Kewal was trying to say something, but I couldn't hear him. So, Maya, my no, question yeah. basically was when I was having this discussion with my friend, who's you know who looks who you follow your team quite closely. He was yeah. of the opinion that Trent is too talented to be only a right back. He said this is his breakthrough season, but his actual breakthrough season is when he starts playing midfield, where he is supposed to be extremely good and he's supposed to be a proper box to box. What you know do. You, do you think? Do you think rather keep him at the right back position since he's proved himself, or would you, you know, give him a chance to move up to the midfield where we've seen we don't really have the best options in the world? That's true, but we also uh, are not blessed with too many options at right back in terms of uh, backup or first choice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. given that we are going to be contending with uh, four, uh, I mean, rather competing on four fronts, hopefully next season as well, we would need two really good first-choice guys, you know, to play on. And uh, yes, I agree that uh, Trent has uh, played midfield. I've read a lot about uh, how he was moved to right-back by uh, the academy coaches so that, you know, he gets a chance to play in the first team as well. Uh, what I would uh, think about it is Klopp will obviously know better and uh, whether or not people and especially people on Twitter agree or not uh, the point is our midfield is doing a fair job in Klopp's system 
the only problem right now I think uh, we have is an injury list for this season Keita coming in next season should fix a lot of issues for us obviously we need backups I'm not denying that but uh, I don't see Trent switching into midfield too soon really not no okay fair enough uh, do you agree Keval you had a point and do you agree with what Maya had to say because I, I have some different thoughts on that but do you agree uh uh, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Like, how many good oh, no. right backs are available in uh, in Europe right now? And I, I believe that there are not many. And if there are some, they would cost us like more than 50 or 60 million. He's actually doing a really, really, really good job uh, being at a right back. If you want him to play in midfield, I would definitely put him on the right side and uh, try to put Solanke or Ings in the mid so that when he crossed the ball, uh, he can uh, those players can hit head uh, for the goals. But I still believe that he is a really good right back and uh, he should stay there and not in middle because we have been having problem with our right back and our left backs. And finally, we are at a point where we actually have good options on both places. And uh, I think I don't want to change it. So, yeah, my opinion is that uh, he's a really good right-back player. Hmm. Yeah, right-backs are, uh, right-back, left-back are yeah, seemingly hard to find. I do agree. Considering the position of our midfield, it's a difficult question um, because I think he's too talented to be stuck on that uh, right-back side. But maybe, you know, as you guys said, uh, it is a matter of, in fact, looking at the fact that we don't have quality backup and he's the kind of quality backup. He's Plus, he's young too. You know, he's only 19. So, maybe if not the next season, maybe the season after. Let us see. Um, coming to the... Coming, you know, moving on from Trent, something contentious I want to like take up. Well, not contentious. That's not the word. Um, well, something that's caused quite a bit of like disagreement. Um, so, I posted a poll last night asking fans, you know who was their man of the match and I made it clear that Trent was my man of the match last night a um, lot of people came back to me and said hey you completely missed Ox from your list you completely missed somebody else from your list so there, there, there's a lot of like you know back and forth so let me ask each one of you uh, Manny starting with you man of the match or you know slotted to team performance and can't pick one up um it's a really Actually, I amend my question. Please pick one up because like, don't slot it just to team performance. Okay, so I can only pick one for man of the match, right? <laughs> um, I would say, well, I mean, if, if I have to, if I give Trent, it would be because he's 19. Because we know he's so young and he's doing so well. But given Absolutely. the performance, I think Ox, because um, him coming to midfield shows that with the with his dynamism, that's that suits our play much more than when we had Coutinho in the midfield. So he showed once again that he's got so much energy going forward. Much more than Coutinho in the midfield, you say? Oh, okay, Maya, do you agree with that statement that he's brought in more dynamism dynamism than Coutinho? And you know who's also your man of the match? So uh, two things. Uh, I agree with. Uh, both of what uh, Manny said actually uh, Trent is my man of the match primarily because of his inexperience in the Premier League and the change that he had 
that he has made you know post uh, those blips that we discussed earlier to come back to this kind of form and stay on it consistently as well it's uh, easy to forget but he has played back to back games just like all of the others two champions league games and uh, you know he was rested against everton but then he's back he was back again last night so yeah uh, trent was my man of the match primarily because of that which does not take anything away from ox he was fantastic and uh, i think uh, klopp mentioned in his post match uh, press conference about that as well uh, about ox being really good in midfield yesterday and uh, that he was not sure that trent was his man of the match either so that gives you uh, a plethora of options to choose from plus uh, i would say the good part of it is that people are finding it difficult to nail down on one individual as uh, the driving force behind a win even after a comprehensive win a win in which we were dominant in terms of possession statistics goals whatever it is at the end of the day if we are not able to pinpoint one player as uh, you know the be all end all of it it would go on to show that klopp has actually built a team uh, which is strong enough and uh, there is a reason we are where we are this yeah, this point is the point of the talk go for it uh, keval uh, this was the point of this talk uh, it was an amazing point which you put up that it's a team in the end you are confused we have three different goal scorer yet none of them are in the list of being man of the match but others who supported them to score that goal so that's what uh, our team is about that uh score score is well but you can put up a performance support your team and be the man of the match because your work effort, work ethics and work effort will not go unnoticed you know i completely agree uh, with both of you guys um it's um, it's also something that i was having a discussion with people yesterday about being unable to pick a damn man of the match it used to be quite simple earlier you know you had <laughs> in the days of suarez who would come yes. in would score <laughs> crazy goals and win us the game then you had post luis suarez where coutinho stepped in and like we've always had these players who stepped in and now exactly. we're talking about mo salah who scored his damn 40th goal of the season and we step back and say actually i'm not too sure if he's my man of the match i cannot <laughs> pick one it's uh, it is it is amazing guys i i completely agree with you maya it it does it does talk a lot about our team ethos our team structure and just klopp's whole system working you know that we can't pick a man of the match just i i completely agree um you know this something else that klopp mentioned uh, post uh, post the match yesterday is hey we need to continue to stay angry and it's been my observation that you know he's been saying this for the past many many games towards the end of the season many thoughts you know what does he want us to be angry about like we've been really performing well like how much more angrier can we get i mean how much does he want us to hulk up uh i think basically it's it's all about the way he's turning us like transforming our team into because the way we play is really intense um really passionate so i think it's all very we can see that a lot of our changes were the passion it's a bit emotional and and all that i think staying angry would 
I, I, well, technically, I think he would he would mean that he was saying something about being hungry for for uh, achievements or for, or for success. But staying angry would probably mean to be more intense, to be more passionate in games. And that's that's like I think that's the most important thing about Klopp's um, way of coaching his team. Everyone's so passionate. Everyone's so energetic. Do you, um, you know, it, it's it's a fair point. Do you not think we're already like a big green monstrous machine right now? Like, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know how much further we can go, but Maya, don't you think we're big and green and angry already? Like, the more angrier we get, I don't know where we go. Uh, that's true. But uh, like Manny said, it's important to keep that passion intact, you know. Uh, complacency in uh, this league can... Uh, you know, spur you from uh, third place to seventh place in a matter of two or three game weeks at max. That's how tight the positions at the top have been. So probably uh, Klopp wants to safeguard his squad from being complacent at any point in time, both in the league as well as obviously in the unprecedented run that we are having in the Champions League right now. So this is also about that. I read uh, about uh, Trent mentioning this, uh, that Klopp was driving them to, you know, remain angry uh, after every game or uh, sometimes even during halftime. I would say that's a very good way of, uh, that's probably his way of keeping his players motivated and, you know, asking them to give their all no matter what. So yeah, no matter how big and good we are, we still aren't uh, invincible. We are still pretty much beatable. So we need to, you know, uh, keep uh, tabs on our uh, weaknesses as well. So this is about that as well, not uh, letting others take advantage of uh, our weaknesses and uh, staying motivated and passionate enough to continue to win. Okay. Yeah, we need to. All right, we need to stay big, green, ugly, and keep winning. All right. Cool. I think. Uh, I think that's. That, I think I agree with you. Um, but. Moving away from just, you know, those amazing performances by Liverpool players. I know Bournemouth lost 3-0. They were under a tremendous amount of pressure. But one player who really caught my eye was Lewis Cook for Bournemouth, who's a 19-year-old midfielder. Uh, Anybody have any thoughts on, you know, Lewis Cook? Because this is the first time I saw him play and I was extremely impressed. The, The calmness he had on the ball, the ability to pick out a pass, the ability to, to actually like, you know, start attacks when he had the few opportunities that he had. Would you think Louis Cook really like, you know, was the best Bournemouth player of the night? Maybe Keval, some thoughts there? Uh, so, there was a rumour about uh, us linked with Louis Cook as well a couple of months ago, but uh, I left it out because I was not expecting him to be in uh, Liverpool or club uh, interested in him. Uh, for me, the person who came out uh, as a man of the match from Bournemouth was Nathan Ake because I really like him. He is a really good defender and can be a good backup option if uh, we end up uh, selling Clavan or if we need another centre-back. He is a, str- uh, he's a strong guy. Uh, he has a good uh, skills, uh, kind of mature performances and he's been doing it from past few months and he this is his second season at Burnout and he proved himself in first season as well uh, with Burnout so that's why Burnout went for him and uh, Chelsea sold uh, their man 
Lois Cook, yeah, he was really nice. Uh, his positioning, passing skills were really good. But uh, to be very honest, I was more observing Nathan Ake, so I couldn't focus more on Lois Cook. So I think uh, the other two on this spot will give you a better answer. I'm sorry. Worries. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, just 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 on that point before you move on, I agree with you as well that Nathan Ake was really good. And my own personal observation is that even from his days when he was at uh, Chelsea, I really wanted us to buy him. I thought he was going to be the next big thing as a centre defender. That's before we bought Van Dijk and Klavan, really. So, I, you, just since you mentioned Ake, do you still would you would you buy him? Like we still, to be honest, not we're doing okay at centre back, but you know we still need backup Klavan as well. Getting old. Um, so, do you do you think he'd be a good backup and somebody as a young option we can build, or you think Gomez should suffice there? Oh uh, yeah, we do have Gomez, <laughs> but uh, then we have like one like Lauren Gomez, and we still need one more. It is the thing. Uh, right now in this season, we are not able to rest Van Dyke at all because we don't have another centre back fit. So, if that is going to be the case next year when we will also be competing FA Cup, Carabao Cup, English Premier League and Champions League, we'll definitely need backup. And I, I believe Nathan Ake can play those roles for us. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I hope we do get him because he's a young, prospective you know, partnership that I could see with maybe Gomez a couple of years down the line. Uh but, you know, coming back to uh, Bournemouth, their best player of the night, uh, Manny, thoughts on Lewis Cook or anybody else who you thought was, you know, player for Bournemouth, anybody, you know, we should probably keep an eye on for our own business in the future? Uh, I agree with Keval. I think the, the outstanding player was Nathan Ake. I think he was the reason why, uh, he was mainly one of the reasons why more was trying um didn't score so many goals, I think. I think the way he plays, the, the way he positions himself and uh, the last few games, he's been doing well as well. So I think for us, you know, moving forward, um, we can, I don't want to be mean, but we shouldn't, we should stop looking at um, lower, lesser teams in, in England and focus on, on, you know, because we are, we are now becoming a very mature team and next season, I really think we should be pushing for the league title. So, I don't want to be mean again, but I don't think players from the lesser teams in the PL would benefit us in any other ways. Okay, but you know, I, I'm thinking about it from a longer term uh, position, right? Like, yes, we have Van Dyke Lovren right now, but we're building Gomez and, you know, we need a young partner to back him up as well. So, okay, would would it not therefore like, you know, be interesting to have him as a backup, let's say three for like the next few years and then he can step up to be our number one choice centre-back? Because I really think he's good. I think he has what it takes to be first choice centre-back for Liverpool maybe in a year or two. So, would you not, would you not agree with that, Manny? Or you think in three years we'll find the next best thing? Uh well, I agree with you that if, if we sign him as a backup, you know, I totally uh, agree with that. But, And I would even be more happy to, to have another player from who Chelsea rejected and we turn him into a good <laughs> But that would be uh, a, a, a nice story. But um, 
I think it's very important we treat Gomez properly because I think he's he's got so much talent in him. I think Gomez is a perfect, perfect defender, especially in PL. So I think right now, if I was club, I would focus on you know making sure nurture Gomez the right way. Everyone uh, on the on in the football industry, they have been saying a lot of things about Gomez, and they've speak has have has been speaking a lot of good things about Gomez. So I believe in Gomez. And I also believe in Gomez, my friend. I think he is definitely going to be the next best thing. All right, cool. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, just going to take a short break, and we will be back in thirty seconds. And we will be back and discussing a few more interesting things, not related to last night, but you know, generally Liverpool. And there's a lot more to speak about. We shall be right back. and fan-created content. So, we've been speaking to the guys from a new football fan app called Pitch DMM. There's a great new feature called Fan Time. Hit play and record your response to the question on their dashboard. There's loads of other great features as well. So, in order to make this work, we simply need every one of our listeners to download it. Download it now at the Apple Store for iOS and the Google Play Store for Android. Once again, the app is called Pitch DMM. Download it today. Now, Back to the show. And hello and welcome back, dear listeners. And welcome back to our uh, fellow pod guests as well. Um, first things first, I, I wanted to speak about this. Last night, Mo Salah scores his 40th goal for the club. Um, well, the record books go back quite a way. Uh, we have to go back to Roger Hunt, who in 61-62 scored 42 goals for the club. And Ian Rush with 47 in 83-84. And it's a fantastic achievement that he's managed to score 40 goals on his debut season. He also becomes the first African to score 30 goals in a single Premier League season. Now, I mean, listening to all of this uh, just... just reaffirms the fact that mo sala is such a great player such a such a great player so first question then maya he has seven ga- he has six games to go and if he you know get through the champions league final seven games to score another seven goals do you see yeah. him making it happen do you see him breaking the record considering he has been breaking records on a weekly basis for the past <laughs> few weeks yes there is every single chance of that happening but then i don't want to say something and jinx it uh so yeah i really really hope he does that uh, plus there is a premier league record uh, to go for um, as in in the premier league era i think uh, 31 goals has been the max and that too by strikers like suarez and van persie 
So, given that as a benchmark, Mo is already on the cusp of that with 30 goals. So, there is that as well to contend. Mo Ooh. is breaking records weekly. So, Mo Salah, the man, the man is becoming something else. Keval, what do you have to say? You said some awesome stuff. You said you're running out of explicit to describe him, and I just gave you some more fodder for your uh, for your description. <laughs> what do you have to say, man? He's about to break the Premier League top scorer record. The man is a winger, and he could likely break Roger Hunt's record of 47 goals too. What do you think? Initially, I used to celebrate his goal. Now I'm I'm laughing, man. Like. Come on! Why are you scoring in every game? <laughs> How can you score in almost every game? Like Thirty goals. I'm I'm just concerned about one thing that uh, I believe that Ericsson or uh, Son might say that uh, we will give all of our goals to Harry Kane. Then he may not be able to uh, win that Golden Shoes Award. But I was really glad that there was a clear cut <laughs> deflection from Ederson. Uh, to Ericsson and then he scored that goal and Kane was nowhere near otherwise it would have been one of his goals but Salah <laughs> like, uh, I I was also talking to my one of my uh, LFC groups that I just told them that we should stop talking about them because I, I, I don't have any words anymore he's scoring in every game I'm not him and uh, <laughs> I mean, he, I, I was so furious with him in first half because if he if he is using his right leg, you know, he can score more. But he only wants to use his left leg and then he used his head to score that goal. So, amazing, <laughs> unbelievable, extraordinary and let me open up my dictionary. Then I'll give you some more <laughs> words. So... <laughs> Keval, you know, um, so I, I've decided for my next podcast, I'm going to have uh, maybe a professor of the English language on and then we'll have a chat with him about Mo Salah. <laughs> I know, I, I, I completely agree because like he's a leading goal scorer in entire Europe, not just England. And like those uh, Edison Cavani and Neymar and Mbappe, like, come on, you couldn't do a thing in Europe. It is just a team against that Nance and uh, like Saint Etienne. Like they are scoring against yep. those things. But uh, what Mohamed Salah is scoring against is Watford, where all the players like six feet four inch uh, against uh, Bournemouth, where, where they were like really good in defense. But, uh, you know, Leicester. Yes. Yeah, go for it, Kewal. Go for it. Yeah, uh, like so he's scoring in a very difficult league so that uh, that says everything about that player uh, he is not going to stop it does you know i have one more suggestion here uh, so neymar moved uh, to psg cuz he wanted to get on out of the shadow of messi and all of that rubbish maybe he should come join liverpool man we make people better <laughs> We just make them better, right, guys? I mean, yes. how can you disagree? We just look at Luis Suarez, man. We, he we made him into a like legend here. Look at like Mohamed Salah, Chelsea reject, and he's a legend again. So maybe you should just you know. So Neymar, if you're listening to this, I know you are, buddy. Come join <laughs> us. We will make you better. I promise. Then don't don't you think he should join Chelsea and then come to Liverpool because. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a, that's that's actually a, a good point. Um, you know, you even know, if he so, does join us, I'm just wondering after being Messi's shadow if he's going to be in Salah's shadow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this has this has to be the dialogue of the night, uh, Maya. I'm gonna give it to you. This this has. <laughs> cannot think of a better way to like describe Mo Salah at the moment. <laughs> but brings us to some important conversations about Mo Salah. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we win, we have a trophy at the end of the season. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to say anything. But there are quite a few trophies that he's fighting for on the, per- well, quite a few, well, two specifically that he's fighting on the personal front. Manny, first of all, there's a Premier League golden boot that he is fighting for and, you know, Obviously, I'm sure our entire team is happy to give him all the deflected goals. I, I don't think Salah wants it. But do you think he's going to win it this season? Do you, do you see Kane having any chance? How many ever goals his teammates give to him? Um, I think we all know the answer to that. Uh, I think Harry Kane has but become... Just say it anyway, Manny. Just say it for our audience. We like to hear it. Yeah, there's no no chance for Harry Kane to, to catch up on Salah. Um, simply because Salah is doing it naturally. He's not scoring penalties, and he's he's a happy man. He's enjoying his football with his teammate. While, whereas Harry Kane is being obsessed, swearing his daughter's life, um, <laughs> get that goal. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's become his thing now. He's he's been winning the the top scorer for the past two seasons, and maybe you know now that he's got like a competition, he he, he has to become obsessed with it. So. I think it's a really bad example on that regard, but we will not go into that. But there's no way. I, I don't think there's there's no way. Even if Salah rest gets the rest for you know two or three of of the remaining games, I would still think that Salah would you know even break the record of of currently held by Suarez and Ronaldo, 31 in a season. I think he he beat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he only needs two more and three three to beat them all. So. There's, there's no way King King can catch up. He, he's too obsessed. And last night, I think he had he had zero shot on goal as well against City. I mean, Salah played like three games against City, four games against City. He scored like two or three goals, right? Wow. And King, yeah, and King, yeah. King against City. Uh, Newcastle just scored one goal, so Newcastle won. Arsenal won. Man, why are you even watching that, man? Arsenal are a done deal. Let Arsenal go. Yeah. We know Newcastle will win that game. There will be... A, you know, uh, just uh, just on that, uh, Manny, one more thing. So, you know, one is obviously is fighting for the Premier League golden boot. But I just want to put this thought out there, right? And, you know, we had this conversation going in our group as well about Salah's chances to win the Ballon d'Or. Um Let's suppose, you know, by, you know, let's, let's really hope like he wins the Champions League. I don't want to say anything. I hope he, I hope we do. Let's hope, let's see, hope he has a decent run in, you know, the World Cup as well. Let's hope he wins, you know, uh, the Premier League Golden Boot. Let's hope he beats Ian Rush's record. Do you think, do you think there's the slightest chance that he's going to win the Ballon d'Or or, you know, as every season for the last 10 years, it's going to be the same boring story? Um, I think depends. Like you know, the Ballon d'Or. The good thing about Ballon d'Or is that um, the people in the industry are the voters, and I think everyone's getting bored of seeing Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo, Messi for the past like 
I think seven, eight years. So the only way Salah could win the Ballon d'Or is to go far in the, the World Cup, which is quite unlikely, and also to win the Champions League. So, like, I think it's hard. It's very, very hard. But, you know, anything can happen. I would I would love to see our players winning Ballon d'Or again. I think the last one was Owen, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Very, very long time ago. You know. Um, okay. I I don't completely agree that you know the folks voting over there have completely go- gotten over this Ronaldo Messi madness in their head. Yes, they've been really good, but they can't seem to see see past. You know, I don't completely think that's the case yet. Maya, do you think? Do you think finally these guys are tired of seeing Ronaldo and Messi? And you know. If Salah does enough, you know, has the goals, does decently at World Cup, gets the golden boot, all of that. Do you think there's a chance or do you think the voters are going to screw him over again? Similarly, and you know, this has happened many times in the past few seasons where I've thought other people deserve it more than these two. Uh, so, do you think Do you think finally it's over for these two and, you know, Salah has a shot this year? Uh, so, I don't want to sound... Uh... Uh, pessimistic, but uh, I don't think anybody can really tire of seeing uh, Messi or Ronaldo, <laughs> actually. Uh, but the point is the contention for the Ballon d'Or. Uh, I think Salah can have a shot at it, if not win it. Uh, like Manny said, it would depend on how far uh, Egypt go through in the World Cup. Um which is, again, to a great extent, I'm sure, dependent on uh, Salah himself. And obviously, us uh, winning a trophy. So, without both of those happening, I don't think uh, there is really much of a chance. Both of those need to happen for him to have a really good shot at it, I would say. Mm, really that, good shot. Uh, yeah, given that Messi is going to be there for Argentina and they're at this point in time, more or less a one-man show. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, it's true, yeah. So, um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if everyone's tired of seeing Messi and Ronaldo. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just me. I'm personally bored of just seeing these two guys win it, man. I'm like, you know, please, like, well, maybe not retire. Maybe, you know, just take a break for a season or something. Let's see what happens. I'm really bored of these guys, man. Uh, Keval, Keval, thoughts? Mm-hmm. Ballendor, Salah, any possibility? Am I being, am I like no. jumping too far out? No, no, no. I completely agree with you that I'm also bored because even in uh, life's last couple of examples, when one time Ronaldo deserved uh, to be uh, to be awarded as Ballon d'Or winner, uh, Messi was given. In 2010, when Inter Milan won Champions League, Wesley Snyder was uh, the best candidate. Uh, he wasn't given. Uh, of I course, can also think about Ebri when he won the treble with Bayern. Yes, I completely agree with you in 2014. So, uh, Salah, of course, if we win Champions League and if Egypt goes to knockout stage, I think Salah has a good chance because... Uh, yeah. To be honest, people people are recognizing his achievement, and it is exceptional doing uh, like scoring 40, 50 odd goals. And 
he is a nice person uh, he's a uh, he's a kind person too so i believe that uh, voters the players will vote for him of course manchester players will not vote for him uh, but other than that i believe that he is a good reputation and a good image to be uh, the winner of ballon d'or but we need a trophy i do believe that if messi ends up winning world cup and i hope he does then he will be given ballon d'or there is no second thought yeah no i i agree i mean if messi okay i, I think, think we lost ravi uh, aditya sorry so what do you think uh, like uh, do you think messi has a chance to win the world cup a very very low chance i feel sorry yeah. he's like he's like my favorite player of all time and yeah i don't see that happening either i mean no i don't want to be the party pooper or something but uh, i don't see messi lifting the world cup yeah because he has, he has a he has he guy in on his team that's why <laughs> i hate that guy 100 100 million euro higuain the the most expensive striker out there i think yes and he's the one who who cost messi the the world cup 4 years ago oh who cost messi <laughs> even uh, those uh, copa uh, copa america twice yes. copa america yeah 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 correct well higuain higuain no higuain let's uh, i i really want sala to win it man i don't really care too much about messi at the moment i know he's a great player he deserves a trophy and all of that but you know i care about my own players a little bit too much um right. moving on uh, some other records being broken this weekend uh, mane becomes the top uh, senegalese premier league goal scorer the previous record was held by demba ba with 42 can you believe it demba ba with 42 goals was the highest senegalese player and now we have mane on 43 there's such a massive gulf in class man mane is going to like outstrip demba ba twice over so i guess well that's my feeling so that's uh, that's one more record which is broken over this weekend um i just hope most of the outstripping happens when he is with liverpool <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Do you, I mean but do you honestly think Mane is ever going to move to another Premier League team I mean we're in a position right now where you know we're in we're as competitive as anybody else in the league I'm we've really reached a stage where I don't see players jumping ship to join another Premier League team right. don't don't you think don't do yeah I mean I, at least I hope so you know like I may be wrong but Yeah, I just it, can't. It would actually be a shame to jump ship right now because, uh, like we discussed earlier, the project Klopp is building at Liverpool is not only very interesting and exciting to watch, but I'm sure it is excellent to be a part of as well. I'm sure the players are experiencing it week in week out, which is why Touchwood they are performing to the level they are. So to leave that and go to um, a rival, a competitor. Uh, at this point in time, I would probably say that's foolish. I hope I don't have to eat my words. <laughs> no, I would call it foolish too. Extremely foolish. Yes. Kewal, you had some other nicer words. Uh, rather than oh, using foolish, uh, rather than using a word foolish, you can use word kutinia actually. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 like too kutinio to leave the. Team uh, right now, so just just use that word. Like I mean, he's too <laughs> stupid to realize that. He's not even playing regular 
for, uh, football for Spain, uh, like for Barcelona too. Yeah, of course he played yesterday and he gave two assists, but he could have done wonders if he had stayed here. And it is too Coutinho, you know. Uh, uh, I, ha- I have nothing else to say. But I, I, I do believe that we will not be selling him to any of our rival Rivals, uh, yeah. English Premier League teams. And there is no stepping down from... Uh, he's not going to go to Liverpool to Everton because it's a massive step down, like from a top team to a relegated team. <laughs> like that. And other thing, if you, if you notice those tiny things, like uh, when they were subbed, uh, Firmino and Mane, they were sitting on the bench and doing those bro yeah. thing, that <laughs> celebration. Yeah. And those <laughs> things for me, those things for me are the happiest moment. Like, Absolutely. I can see that I can see that bond between players. I can yeah. see uh, Salah has feeling for Mane, Mane has that kind of feeling for Firmino and Oxlade Chamberlain. That celebration, yeah. I want to see it. And that makes me so happy that they are united. They are playing as a team rather than taking away each other's goals. So, yeah. I want to add to that that, uh, the issue we were talking about. Uh, Let's not forget Emrishan is, you know, still in doubt about whether he's staying or not. So I I was saying that, as as Keva was saying that, you know, the ball is really good. I think right now would be the best time to be a Liverpool fan for a very, very long time. And especially to be a Liverpool player. Um, I have no idea why anyone in the team would want to leave. It's such a good project. You know, the manager believes in Emre Can. He's a German. Emre Can is German. Everything is working out so well. I just cannot see why he's wanting out. But, I mean, in, in overall, overall, like... Anyone who wants to leave Liverpool for another PL club right now, I would let him go right away because I think, you know, if, if you're if you're stupid enough to want to leave, then there's no point trying to keep you. Yeah. And it's their loss, <laughs> not ours, I would say, to a great extent. So, so Emre Chan, don't be a Coutinho, my friend. Don't be a Coutinho. <laughs> if we could manage with the loss of contend with the loss of Coutinho uh, mid-season, I'm pretty sure we can deal with Emre Chan's loss in the summer. Just, I'm sure just, have, uh, yeah. you know, decent enough plans. Whether or not uh, we are linked to X, Y, Z, I'm sure Klopp has a plan in place. Uh, <laughs> finally, I think we've all learned to believe and not just doubt. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Just just to mention two points. Number one, we are still scoring as many goals as we needed, even without Coutinho. And the second most important thing, we have 16, uh, we have 15 clean sheets in 34 English Premier League games. And the top team in keeping clean sheet is Manchester United with 16. We are just one behind. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And 16 wow. is Man United, 15 Liverpool, 15 Manchester City, 14 Chelsea and Spurs, 11 Arsenal and Burnley. We were told that we have a shit defence, but I believe that we have a really good defence with a midfielders with midfielders who are happy to help defence as well as offence. And I believe after the departure of Coutinho, we have kept more clean shit just because the help we are getting for defense in terms of Alexander Chamberlain or Milner or Henderson or 
Jinne Vinaldum and Emre Can. Kewal, yeah, those I are like put, uh, yeah. that's yeah, Maya. Uh, no, I was just adding on to what Kewal said. Uh, I w- I'm not sure I would put down the uh, bettering of the defense to Coutinho's departure as much as to uh, Van Dijk's addition. You know, Van Dijk uh, yes, coming in has brought in so much stability uh, in the uh, defense. Everyone looks uh, much better, uh, much more assured in terms of uh, positioning or uh, defending or whatever it is in terms of coordination. There is a lot more uh, that you can see in terms of solidity when they are on the pitch pressing up high. You know, uh, the headers are going to be cleared. Otherwise, there used to be so many moments where balls used to be lobbed into our box and uh, our hearts were always in our mouths. <laughs> At least yes. that's not the case anymore. Those days are past us. You know, one, just to add to that, uh, I, I agree with both of you. And I think if we go back and look at the stats book, it's very likely that, you know, from our 14 or 15 that you mentioned that we have the season, Keval, a majority of them should likely be in the second half of the season because I, I think that's the kind of impact and, you know, that's just one way of measuring his impact. Right? Yes. I I, uh, I completely agree. And uh, the other thing, yes, uh, about Van Dijk, he made a big, big, big difference, like immense difference uh, because every time we concede a corner, I was scared that, oh my God, we are going to concede. But now, like every time they get a corner and I see Van Dyke is clearing out the ball. I mean, he is everywhere in uh, in the defense. And he made Lauren look like Maldini or whatever the best defender of the world. <laughs> come, on, and, come on, come on. Yes. Yeah. I, stretching uh, a bit like too fine. <laughs> but yes, he does make Lauren look better. Yes, uh, so uh, uh, that's all. And the other thing I would like to point out as well, like initially when we had Coutinho, it was like center of our attack. So we were trying to play around Coutinho and if uh, if opposition has a plan to contain Coutinho in one area, then we had difficulties. But now everyone is taking a role of creating goals. And that is also a big difference. And it is the same issue with Barcelona as well. Like, uh, A.S. Rupa contained uh, Messi. And they were spineless and they were toothless. Uh, They cannot do the same with us. Because if they contain Salah, we have Mane and Firmino to score the same goal. And if not, then Oxlade-Chamberlain will shoot outside of the box and score a wonderful goal. So, that is a big difference. Moving on, moving on. You know, we've discussed, we've spoken a lot about Van Dyke, man. I, I don't want to speak about Van Dyke no more. Right? We've done this. We've done this way too much. Uh, so what? So you know, I want to move on to uh, something that's close to me, which is finishing strongly at the end of the season. Uh, we're currently, you know, in third with a game on hand over Spurs. Um, Spurs lost obviously to City last night. So you know. Uh, Keval, you think we'll finish third? You think because uh, I don't think uh, City, sorry, I don't think uh, Tottenham have many tough games. They have Brighton, Watford, West Brom, Newcastle, and Leicester. While we have a game versus Chelsea in our run-in, so do you think third is like going to happen, or you think there's no, you know, fourth is what we'll settle for? No, I think uh, I think we'll be third, and I believe that uh, it the goal difference will play a role. Uh, don't. 
take Newcastle out and don't take uh, Leicester City out, uh, they can beat or they can at, at least draw a game with Spurs. And we saw that yesterday as well. Uh, Newcastle playing really well. Uh, look at them right now. They were on 18th spot fighting for relegation. Right now they are in top half of the Premier League table. So, but I also believe that we will keep our momentum, will keep playing the way uh, we are playing right now, not resting our player or resting our player, but give at least like 30 or 40 minutes of game time uh, during the period of Champions League. Uh, but I, I do want to finish about Spurs. Okay, yeah, so do I. I really want to finish about Spurs. And, you know, just just look at that. I completely run out of time, man. And there's so much more I wanted to speak about. So, there's something important you said, Keval. We're going to maintain our momentum. So, we, we play West Brom next weekend. Uh, prediction for next week, Keval. And then uh, onward to Manny and Maya for your predictions. I will not predict. I don't make predictions on Liverpool. Me, me, me too. <laughs> Ravi, you, you have wrong people on this uh, pod because I don't like to predict as well because I I'm suck. extremely superstitious when it comes to Liverpool. I, I predict all other games, competitions yeah. because I don't predict Liverpool games. So, not happening. <laughs> if I have to predict, I would You're say... Extremely superstitious. Okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I, w- I would say we would have a really tough game at West Brom, but I can see us winning one nil at most, like one nil or two one. But I don't like at this moment. I don't see us conceding at all. So I would say one nil or two nil. I hope. One nil. Okay. Okay, one nil or two nil. Keval, you say you don't make predictions as well. So you know what, guys? Like I, I, I'm, I'm completely confident. You know, I generally am not like so optimistic and confident, but I just <laughs> feel over the moon. We're gonna go there and we're gonna win. I would say a three nil. You know, let's just take it. Why not? Why not? Right, Len? Uh, and on this highly optimistic note, I want to say thank you, guys, so much. It's been great fun having you on, chatting with you guys. And, you know, thank you to all our listeners as well. It's been fantastic. Thank you. And please ensure you listen and like spread the word. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Thank Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. your own way. Yeah, you do it your own way.